invented dialogue, new characters, made-up scenes, the adaptation of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit is in full swing. Today, we compare The Hobbit Chapter 9, Barrels Out of Bond, with its on-screen adaptation in Peter Jackson's film The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, extended edition, of course. Now, let's wander. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We pick up with the fabulous entrance of Legolas the Elf at about 46 minutes into the extended edition of The Hobbit, Desolation of Smog. This chapter ends at about 1 hour and 13 minutes, with the dwarves climbing out of their barrels and the river, and Bard the Bowman showing up. So let's start with the oliphant in the room, Legolas. Legolas is not even mentioned in The Hobbit, let alone the elven king who isn't even given a name. While his exact birth year is unclear, it's evident that Legolas is much older than Aragorn and Gimli during the events of the War of the Ring. So he would have been alive in the year that Bilbo and the dwarves passed through Mirkwood. Having Legolas in the film seems like an editorial decision, trying to tie the two movie trilogies together. Plus, there's some ironic comedy when Legolas sees a sketch of Gloin's son and says, What is this horrid creature, a goblin mutant? And Gloin says, That's my wee lad Gimli. Gimli, though, I'm not sure can be called wee, as he was about 60 years old during these events, but nevertheless was not allowed to join the quest. But Legolas isn't the only elf added to the Hobbit movie. As the elves first capture the dwarves, Keeley cries for help in the distance, only to be saved by an elf who's even cooler than Legolas, Tariel. She kills five giant spiders all on her own, resulting in a cute meet between her and Keeley. A cute meet that never should have happened and will have atrocious consequences as the movie continues. Just as in the book, Bilbo is not to be counted among the prisoners, a fact that Bomber whispers to Thorin as they are led away. Unlike the book, the dwarves are not blindfolded, nor do the elf guards sing as they lead their prisoners into the cavern palace. Not even the magic of the doors is present, replaced instead by Balin saying, No one leaves here but by the king's consent. The dwarves are all separated into separate cells in about the same place, but not before a dwarvish attempt at a pickup line from Keeley. The exchange between Thranduil and Thorn is much different than the book, in the book, the Elven King has no guess as to Thorin's quest, but Thranduil in the film guesses exactly what Thorin is up to, though he paints it in a less than noble light. That of Thorin pilfering the Arkenstone so that he can claim allegiance from the other dwarf clans. Thorin, however, has personal grievances with Thranduil and despises all help from the Elven King. Thranduil reveals some scarring from previous encounters with dragons though what that encounter may have been and what magic he uses to disguise his scarred face is not really lore, just a film invention. But their final exchange is a short, subtle way of showing the differences between the races. Thorin exemplifies the stubbornness and pride of the dwarves, while Thranduil merely reminds Thorin of the relatively short life of the dwarves, while elves do not experience death. It's that level of subtlety that I think sets the Peter Jackson films apart from the Rings of Power series. The differences in the races, particularly in their lifespans, 
is a major component of the Lord of the Rings and its mythology. And while it comes up as a souring point between Durin and Elrond in Rings of Power, the differences in races are not really dealt with. What follows is an entirely made-up movie scene between Thranduil and Tariel. It's interesting because Tariel asks permission to kill the spiders at their source, Dol Guldor. And also, if you know a bit of lore from the First Age, Thranduil's response has a greater depth. Not only do elven kingdoms endure because of their immortality, but in the First Age, Thranduil's kin were devastated in open war, and thereafter stayed within their forests fighting battles with guerrilla tactics. Tariel also seems to be a forbidden love interest for Legolas. Not sure why we need to see that, but I guess it adds tension. There's a couple of lines that are throwbacks to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, like, He has grown very fond of you, and do not give him hope where there is none. And the tension only thickens with a completely made-up conversation and relationship between Keeley and Tariel. There's a couple of interesting things in that conversation, though. Tariel says that the Wood Elves love best the light of the stars. This is certainly true, for a faction of elves. Way back when elves first awoke, the only light in Middle-earth was that of the stars. Then the Valar, the gods, invited the elves to join them in Valinor, where blossomed the light of the two trees. Thranduil and his people come from a splinter group that started on the journey to see the light of the trees, but never actually made it to Valinor. For more on that tale, check out episode 3, Where Elves Come From. Well, moving on, Bilbo has discovered the way out down in the cellars, which seems to only take him hours instead of the weeks and weeks that are hinted at in the book. Does Bilbo actually have the time needed to settle into his role as burglar? Likely not, but the show must go on. The movie has also invented a reason for the elves to be doing work in the cellars in the middle of a great feast. The film also adds a name to one of the elves, Elros. Elros is a bold name choice to give an elf, as that was Elrond's brother's name, who actually chose to be a mortal man and was the first king of Numenor. For more on Elros, check out episodes 31 through 33. The dwarves are deep in despair when Bilbo shows up with the keys and breaks them all out of their cells. I guess he is quite the burglar after all. Bilbo leads them to the cellars and instructs the dwarves to get into the barrels. But it's only after Thorne commands them to do as he says that they actually do get into the barrels. They even call Bilbo mad. This is a far cry from the trust and adoration that book Bilbo received. But then again, these movies are about Thorin getting help from a hobbit, not a hobbit doing unexpected things as the book is actually about. At any rate, Bilbo is stuck and has a hard time getting out with no barrel of his own to grab onto. The elves are in hot pursuit, but we'll get to this latest round of adaptations after this quick break. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So the final scene of this sequence is, to put it mildly, 
wildly different than what Tolkien wrote. Just as a recap, the barrels in the water portion focuses mostly on Bilbo trying to stay on his barrel, people at the end of the river who lash the barrels together, and Bilbo pinching some food while the dwarves stay cramped in their barrels. The final line of the chapter is, quote, They had escaped the dungeons of the king and were through the wood, but whether alive or dead still remains to be seen. Well, the film adaptation here leaves no doubt as to whether the dwarves were alive. We can see all of them popping out of their barrels. That makes sense for a film. Watching a bunch of barrels float down the river with a wet hobbit on top would likely have been quite boring. But the changes don't end there. Legolas commands the gate to be closed, and elven guards stand at the ready to recapture their prisoners. The dwarves are fortunately saved by, wait for it, orcs! Yes, Azog's orcs have tracked Thorin and decide that killing elves to get to the dwarves is the best strategy. And how the orcs with weapons can't kill a single dwarf stuck in a barrel without a weapon is beyond me. These dwarves are extraordinarily lucky. In the scuffle, one dwarf sees a chance for Keeley, dwarf of Eridluin, to show his true quality. Like a captain of Gondor in another place and time, it takes more than one arrow to bring Keeley down. But no worries, Tariel is there to save her dwarf boyfriend again. The water gate opens, the dwarves flow through, and Keeley magically falls back into his barrel just in time. Now they've escaped the wood and the elves, and the next stage of their journey begins. Just kidding, there's more orcs along the way! I will admit the agility of the elves and the fighting prowess among trees and the river is fun to watch, and it's something that we haven't really seen, beyond Legolas in the other films at least, but Thorin takes advantage of an opportunity to save Legolas from a behind-the-back stab. Now, because it's a film, we cut away to Gandalf, who has absolutely nothing to do with this portion of the book. It's been a minute, so as a reminder, Gandalf is investigating the origins of the Morgul Blade. He is searching the graves of Agmar and his followers. Gandalf discovers that the tombs have all been broken open from the inside, and the bodies are missing. All nine tombs have been opened. The Nazgul have been summoned. Gandalf has a terrible choice. Should he abandon his friends and make an attack on the necromancer at Dol Guldur? The dwarves pop out of their barrels, knowing that the orcs are in pursuit, and regroup while a mysterious man looks on from the distance. But we'll get to that another day. Oh wait, where's the hobbit? He's basically taken a back seat, or a side barrel rather, to the main story. Dwarves continuing their journey. You could almost forget about the little hobbit, who somehow manages to stay a hold of a barrel while all the other races move the story forward. Join me in the next episode, where yet another unexpected party happens, as we explore the next chapter of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. Thanks for wandering Middle-earth with me today. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
your hand if this has happened to you today. You're in the middle of work, you're knocking things off the to-do list, getting stuff done, and your kid asks you to play. Do you drop everything? Do you ask them to wait a minute? What do you do? If you're like me, you don't always say yes right away. The kid moves on, you get busy, and you forget to circle back around and play. An opportunity to make a memory has been lost, and the dad guilt settles in. Not so anymore. I've developed a simple game that will enable you to take those small moments and have fun. It's called Dad's Adventure Dice Digital Edition. My five-year-old daughter asks me nearly every day, can we do Dad Adventure Dice? What follows are some quick rolls of the dice that lead to a fun activity with an intriguing twist. Within five or ten minutes, we've had a lot of fun, shared a lot of laughter, and made a memory together. Download your own Dad's Adventure Dice today. Visit store.adventures.dad to download yours. That's store.adventure.dad to download Dad's Adventure Dice.